0: This is Growing Boulder Radio. Bill and Mark with you. You know you hear a lot about how important it is to set some goals and do what you can to go get them. But there are many cases where achieving the specific goal really isn't as important as setting you on a journey down that road because you don't always know where you'll end up regardless though you'll be a lot further than if you don't try at all.
1: Yeah that's a great uh, point Bill and we're going to talk to someone now who is a great inspiration and really a great example of what happens when you do modify or change your goals along the way. She was one of the top collegiate track stars in the country. She ran the 400 meters as fast as anybody out there but in an instant a fluke tragic accident ended her lifelong dream just like that. It's an incredible story, so let's let April Holmes tell it. Hi, April. How are you? How are you
2: doing? Good morning. Glad
1: to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and let's let's go back to, to, to the time. Let's go back to the day, 2001. You had won multiple NCAA All-American honors. Uh, you were a sprinter with a, a glorious future. What happened next? Almost unthinkable. Tell us about it.
2: In January of 2001, I'd gotten in a, involved in a train accident. Uh woke up from the train accident and learned that my leg was amputated, and I was lost. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn through. I didn't know who to ask questions of. All I knew was I was on a different path in life than I would have ever have imagined being on. My career at career had been over probably about five years, and I was working at a communications company uh, in Philadelphia, and I had also uh, just started working on a master's degree, so so. Wake up one day and have your leg and then go to bed one night and, you know, your leg be missing was pretty devastating. How, and how, my initial thoughts when I learned that my leg was amputated with it was that I would never be able to run or play basketball again because they were two things I absolutely enjoyed doing.
1: How do you get involved in a train accident? Were you trying to hop a freight train? Were you riding on a subway? <laughs> what happened?
2: I was actually in uh, Philadelphia in 30th Street Station and my boyfriend and I were headed to New York. And I happened to be the last person to attempt to get on the train. And as I was getting on the train, the train was already delayed, and uh, my boyfriend and I were moving slow getting on the train, I guess, and having to be the last people to get on the train. He got on, I tried to get on, and as I got ready to get on, I ended up slipping and falling and landing underneath of the platform with the train actually on my leg. Wow. So they tried, you know, for a long time to actually free me from the train or lift, kind of lift the train up. And, you know, I just laid there and I I prayed and I sang every church song that I knew. And I, you know, just ran through life in my brain. And I, you know, I I just kept saying to myself, you know, life can't end like this. Um, And as I laid there, you know, I talked to the paramedic lady, some or whatever, and sang and kept talking to myself and sang and talked to the paramedic lady. And one of the times I remember laying there, I I said to her, um, because they had kind of tried to lift the train up via like a a train jack, I guess, which would be similar to a car jack. And they couldn't get they couldn't lift the train up, and so I said to to the uh, paramedic woman, I said, you know, can you just tell them to, to start the train up and back it back off my leg like they rolled it on my leg? And she, you know, she delivered my message, whatever. And I know they were sitting there like this girl is stuck underneath the train and she's giving us orders about what to do. Um, so it's pretty, it was pretty interesting. But I knew I had to, I, I knew I had to keep my mind occupied if I wanted to stay alive. Um, and I think they said it took like seventeen minutes or so to free me from the train I woke up um, several hours later in the hospital and I just remember a guy saying to me I'm going to take you to your room and your family is waiting and once I got there I kind of asked my family you know what happened to my leg and at first they were like you know you'll be okay and my cousin was at my bedside and so was my mom and her boyfriend they're like you're going to be okay and I'm like okay nobody answered me about my leg hold on let me, let me ask this question again because I had a neck brace on because they weren't sure um, you know if I had any uh, injuries or whatever to my spine or whatever and I asked her again, and she, they said the same thing. And so I ended up just look, lifting up my head and looking down at my leg. And I said to my cousin, I said, You mean to tell me I'm never going to be, be able to run or play basketball again? And she said, You'll be okay. And, you know, next morning it was just as sunny as it could be in Philadelphia, even though it was the middle of the winter. And before long, the doctor that did my emergency surgery, he came in and bought me magazines about the Paralympics. And um, I guess the rest is history, hard-working history.
0: So he brought you information about the Paralympics while you're still in the hospital for the incident. You know, April, I think one of the most remarkable parts of your story is how were you not bitter, broken, and too depressed to care about anything?
2: You know, I I realized that God kept me alive for a reason. Um, And, you know, I could be bitter for the rest of my life if I wanted to, but that wasn't going to make life any easier. And that definitely wouldn't make life any funner. Um, And so I just decided the next morning when I woke up, I said, you know what, you're still alive and God kept you alive for a reason. If he wants you to be, you know, still, then you would be dead Um, or, you know, have those type of injuries where you would have to be still for the rest of your life. And when the doctor gave me the magazines, I was kind of confused because, like I said, I didn't know anyone that was an amputee. I didn't know anything about the Paralympics, none of that. So we are about a week or two weeks removed um, from a train accident and he came in one day and he said, Here I got some magazines for you And I'm like, Okay, Doctor DeLong I kind of took the magazines and chucked them on of my dresser <laughs> and my sisters came in a little while later and kinda of looked through the magazines and they were like, Did you even look at these magazines? I'm like, No, I was too busy doing whatever and I was like, Doctor DeLong Long crazy anyway. I was like, He's a funny guy and so they were like, These this you know, on these pages are people running And I said, Give me that magazine <laughs> huh. Just kind of start flipping through, and as I, I flipped through, I saw the women that had or at the, at the athletes that had participated in the Sydney on uh, the 2000 Sydney Par- Paralympic Games. And from looking at those magazines and beginning to learn about prosthetics, I'm like, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I set three goals laying in that hospital bed, and that was I wanted to represent the United States at the next games, um, I wanted to be the fastest in the world, and I wanted to win multiple gold medals, and so. From two weeks out from missing my leg, you know i and laying in the hospital bed, I set those dreams, and they came true for me
1: every one of them every one of them you got them all wow. so 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 you said God kept <laughs> God kept you alive for a reason. How long did it take you to discover that reason and, and what is the reason april
2: um i I still don't know to be honest with you i believe I believe everyone has a purpose on this earth um and i I, I say that God kept me alive for a reason because that very instant and in many instances in my life he could have taken me out of here um if if my purpose had been served he could have called me home and he hasn't yet so i i don't believe my purpose has been served but i do believe that that i try to do the best that i can with what i have and and as an athlete you know you have you have so many opportunities to make an influence um both positive and negative whatever type of influence you would like to make you have so many opportunities because your your reach goes so far Um, And so I've just tried to, you know, encourage people to to overcome things. That's kind of like my my mantra in life, learn how to overcome. Um, Because if you learn how to overcome each situation that you're in, um, then uh, I guess more fruitful your life will be.
0: And is that what the April Holmes Foundation is all about?
2: I started the April Holmes Foundation in 2002, and one of the reasons I started it was because once I started going to rehab or whatever to learn how to walk, the woman that did that uh, was my therapist or whatever. She told me that there was a support group, and I said to her, "You know, I said I don't really need a support group. And you know, I just, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I just need to learn how to walk and keep on moving. And I'm not the type of person to sit around and cry about missing my legs, so to speak." Um, And so she said, you know, and and one of the things I said to her, I said, even in my hospital room, when I lost my leg, I told people all the time, you know, when you come through these doors, we're going to laugh and joke and have a good time. We're not going to sit around and cry about missing my leg. That's just not who I am.
0: Well, April, Um, I've got to say, your story isn't just inspiring to amputees. It's a story that connects with any of us who've had to face any kind of obstacle, which is pretty much everybody. And for more information or to help April make a difference, check out aprilholmes.com. She is an athlete and a human being extraordinaire. April Holmes, thanks for sharing your story.